This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another Australian band right here, Ice House Electric Blue, for our next guest, the queen of Australia, the best columnist anywhere in the country. That's my opinion. Michael Goodwin lines up a very distant second. <laughs> he never comes on anymore anyway, so screw him. Uh, Miranda Devine is the best columnist in the country. And once again today, she's done it. Everybody's talking about Elon Musk. Everybody's talking about Taibi. It all goes back to Miranda. Read today's New York Post, the cover Biden bombshell, Fed lies, Twitter's post ban based on FBI fib, former exec, agent had close ties to DNC and tech giants lawyer. She has done it again. She started this years ago, don't forget, before the election. She continues to provide the American people with more information on just how corrupt the FBI is and just uh, what a lousy guy Hunter Biden is. Here she is, my dear friend, and I'm proud to say it, the great Miranda Devine. Good morning, Miranda. Good morning, Sid, and thank you so much for playing. That's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> that was actually Lou Rufino's choice. I say, anytime she comes on, he knows all the Australian bands by heart, so he took good care of you. Hey, yo, congr- congratulations again on uh, some more information. Here now we get names, people like James Baker, people like Elvis Chan. But folks, I haven't read your column yet. This is really detailed just how scummy the FBI was in these weekly meetings with whether it was Facebook or Twitter suppressing this information. Give the folks the latest on Miranda on what you've uncovered. Well, what we now know is uh, a lot of detail about what the FBI was warning Twitter about, and we can only presume they were giving exactly the same warnings to Facebook, which made them censor our story within hours of it going live on October 20th, 2020. And what they were telling Facebook, well, Twitter at least, and probably Facebook in these weekly meetings, was that they were expecting a dump of basically Russian disinformation. They called it a hack and leak operations by state actors, aka Russia, involving Hunter Biden. And they said it was likely going to happen in October 2020, before the election. Oh, so let me and stop you right not- there. So, so they knew, they knew that the real deal was about to come out and really show how guilty Hunter Biden is. But they went on the offense, on the offense, and, and they warned these people, hey, 
what you're about to see is a bunch of nonsense that was them going on the offensive because they knew the real info was about to come out. Yes? That's right. They were pre-bunking the New York Post story on the Hunter Biden laptop, which was detrimental to the candidate, Joe Biden, because what it showed was that he had met with Hunter Biden's business partners from Ukraine and other countries. Remember, the Biden family we showed from the laptop was getting millions of dollars from Ukraine, from China, from Russia. And that was all coming out. And the FBI knew it because they'd had the laptop for almost a year. John Paul MacIsaac, the computer repair shop guy, had given the FBI the laptop. And they knew that we at the New York Post were about to publish because they had intercepted, they were covertly surveilling, aka spying, on Rudy Giuliani, who was our source. And they would have had access. The FBI was spying on his cloud. They had access to all his emails and text messages. And so they would have seen the emails that came through from that computer repair shop guy, John Paul MacIsaac, in August of 2020, telling Rudy Giuliani. So the FBI knew the story was out, even though we know from whistleblowers that internally the FBI had buried the laptop. But they knew that it was probably going to come out before the election. And then they got the messages between me and Rudy Giuliani. So they knew pretty much when the New York Post was publishing. We we know this for a fact. We know for a fact that the FBI has those messages between you and my friend Rudy. We don't know for a fact. But what we know is that they were spying on his cloud. So they had access to it. How do we know that? How do we know that? How do we know that? We know that because Rudy found out when he was raided by the FBI, if you remember, last year, um, his home and his office were raided and all his devices were taken. And at that time, his lawyer, Bob Costello, was, was told that there had been a covert surveillance warrant for two years on Rudy. The FBI had been spying since about a month after he took on the job as um, Donald Trump's, then President Donald Trump's lawyer, they took out this surveillance warrant. They were spying on his cloud without his knowledge. And so they had access to all his emails, all his messages. Now, I don't know. Maybe they weren't, maybe they weren't really watching very carefully. Maybe they missed the email from John Paul MacIsaac. Maybe they missed the messages between me and Rudy Giuliani. I don't know. I can't prove. But they certainly had access to them. It stands to reason that we know they had the laptop and we know that they had access to the John Paul MacIsaac um, message to Rudy. So they knew that this was a story that might come out before the election uh, about Hunter Biden. And so they were systematically going to Big Tech. And we know from Yoel Roth in a sworn declaration, he's a top executive at Twitter, or was, he said in this sworn declaration that during these uh, weekly meetings that the FBI told them that they were expecting this hack and leak operation from state actors, code for Russia, uh, and it was likely uh, in October and involving Hunter Biden. They mentioned Hunter Biden. And so while Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook 
wouldn't tell Joe Rogan exactly what the details were that um, that that basically that the FBI told Facebook to stop to make them censor the New York Post. Um, we can assume, I guess, pretty safely that they got the same briefings from the same FBI people um, uh, that Twitter did. Wow, Miranda Devine again, folks. Today's cover: New York Post, Biden bombshell, Fed lies. Twitter, Elon Musk, Matt Taibbi, Miranda Devine, all lowering the boom on FBI and uh, and Twitter. I mean, I feel like, Miranda, I see Christopher Ray in front of Congress like every other day. <laughs> now it seems like with your latest story, is it time for him to go back to the Hill and try to debunk this one? Well, I mean, the problem with the FBI director, Christopher Ray, is that he is so arrogant and cocky and smarmy that he doesn't care about oversight. He thumbs his nose at the Senate Oversight Committee. Remember, um, just a few months ago, he cut short a meeting, an oversight hearing, uh, committee hearing, um, to go on holidays in the FBI private jet to take off for the weekend to the Adirondacks. By the way, he's done that twice. He's done that twice over the last year, twice in a year, yes. Yeah, and and he also takes the FBI jet to uh, his lovely mansion in Buckhead, Atlanta, on regular uh, weekends. But um, he he has no shame when he was called back about that, that and asked questions by Josh Hawley um, about whether that was correct, our story, that he'd taken the FBI jet to the Adirondacks instead of answering questions. He, he said, well, yes, it was true, but, you know, big deal. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> So that if he doesn't care, and you have unraveled and, and unveiled so much information over the last couple of years, I'm not talking about days, weeks, or months, years, about Hunter Biden, and there is still no indictment, you got to forgive me here, Miranda, because I think you're the best writer in the country, and your investigative work on this story has been amazing, but I'm starting to feel like everybody else, Hillary Clinton should be in jail, she's not, Andrew Cuomo should have gone to jail, he hasn't. I'm starting to feel like no matter how much information you unveil, will there ever be any repercussions for anybody? I don't know, but look, I think um, the House Republicans who now have control or will have control in January, right. they're prepared pretty well to um, to to investigate this. And they have the right idea because really it's not about Hunter Biden. It's about his father, the president, Joe Biden, and whether or not all this money that came into the Biden family coffers uh, for their influence peddling scheme while Joe Biden was vice president, that they did, uh, this was Hunter Biden and his uncle Joe's brother, Jim Biden, they gathered all these millions of dollars from China and Ukraine and Russia and Kazakhstan, Romania, etc., um, while Joe was vice president, but with his knowledge and assistance, because we know that he met regularly with Hunter Biden's overseas business partner. How do we know that? We know, How do we know that? We know that because there's evidence on the laptop uh, of, you know, for instance, um, emails from Hunter Biden inviting people to a dinner in April of 2015 at an Italian restaurant in Washington, D.C., where he promised his father would be there. And uh, sure enough, Joe Biden went to the Cafe Milano and met with Hunter's business partners from Russia, from Ukraine and uh, from uh, Kazakhstan. Hmm. And uh, now... (laughs) 
when when we revealed this before the election in Emma Jo Morris's story, um, we didn't know it was a dinner, but we knew there was an email from Hunter's Ukrainian benefactor who was paying him a million dollars a year um, for nothing. Um, <laughs> we knew that uh, that email from that Ukrainian benefactor thanked Hunter for introducing him to his father in Washington, D.C., when Joe was vice president. And the Biden campaign lied and said, uh, no, that never happened. Um, and uh, Adam Schiff, who was then the head of the House Intelligence Committee, lied and went on CNN and MSNBC and told the New York Times and the Washington Post that that was just Russian disinformation. Um, and uh, they all lied, but they were wrong. And uh, we were right. And in fact, um, once Joe Biden was safely president and the Washington Post decided to do a fact check on my story, um, which when I later found out that it was actually that dinner at Cafe Milano where Joe Biden met with Hunter's Ukrainian benefactor, um, the, the White House admitted to the Washington Post that, yes, Joe Biden did go to that dinner, but they said it wasn't for any nefarious right. purpose and he wasn't there for very long. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't true. He had a whole meal. Um, <laughs> but no apology from the Washington Post. Of course not. No. Of course not. No. But it's got to be, is there some level of, um, I guess, uh, happiness that the Washington Post, the New York Times, the White House, and now Miranda Devine, of all people, Mike Taibbi, is on our side on this story. That, like, did you ever think Mike Taibbi would be on our side with any story? Well, I think Mike, I think he's Taibbi's sort of, um, you know, an honest leftist, and there are still some left who haven't mm. jettisoned their principles and uh, sucked up to the intelligence community and become completely gullible um, and, and forgotten about free speech. So I think he still cares about that. Unfortunately... The Twitter files that um, he was entrusted to report on, uh, thanks to Elon Musk, um, don't contain anything about the FBI involvement. Oh, and so oh. um, now I don't know if that's because it's been erased from Twitter headquarters uh, and Elon Musk hasn't seen it. I don't know whether it's because James Baker, who is the deputy general counsel at Twitter, um, former general counsel at the FBI, heavily involved in all the Russia collusion baloney. Um, I don't know whether that's because he's leaned on Elon Musk um, as the top lawyer at Twitter not to release certain information pertaining to the FBI uh, because he's protecting the FBI. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, but don't but forget certainly- Elon Musk has said he's about to reveal more. So he may have it. I don't know, but... He did say there's more coming, so we'll see. Last one. Uh, I'm still supporting Trump, although I'm getting very tired very quickly. That meeting with Kanye, forget about the other guy. The meeting with Kanye really turned me off two weeks ago. Now he's going to rip up, rip up the Constitution. <laughs> He'd like to at least because he got jobbed back in 2020. I know you like Trump as well, but he, he can't continue to say and do things like this and be taken as a serious candidate agree or disagree yeah i mean although i mean he's he's always used um you know hyperbole and and exaggeration um and dramatic flourish in all his um, outpourings and i I suppose um, the problem is that unlike in 2016 um i think you know the economy is really going down the toilet by 2024 it's a much more serious environment 
and people are very scarred. Um, they're much more cynical. And I think they see now that, you know, Donald Trump's administration was crippled and he was hoodwinked by a lot of people. And I think that what people don't understand about Donald Trump is he's actually a nice guy and he's a trusting guy. And I think he trusted too many people. Um, I mean, maybe once bitten, twice shy, but I think it would be better for the country, really, much as, you know, I think he did a great job under the circumstances um, as president. He certainly exposed a lot of the chicanery that we're yep. now looking at. Yep. Um, but I think it would be better for everybody, especially given his age, that he probably won't, won't be able to serve a second term, that he would support a younger candidate and become, you know, go into American history and conservative um, history books as a hero who did what was best for the country, a patriot, and really got behind um, whoever he thinks it would be, whether it's Ron DeSantis or someone else, and helped them get elected in 2024 to save the country for two terms. Well, that's never going to happen, so. <laughs> I mean, just, <laughs> just not, well, you know something. It's, I, I'm with you. I think it's a great idea, but it's never going to happen. Um, no. <laughs> I know you're no. not. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I don't know how you do it. I really don't, Miranda. You're a genius. This story today is uh, great again. And really, you talk about being a great American, a great patriot, providing the American people with the truth, which we try to do at WABC every day. Nobody, and I mean nobody, does it better than you. So thank you for this once again. Thank you for coming on, and God bless you. I love your Great work. Thanks so much, Steve. You got it. There she is, New York Post columnist Miranda Devine, the bombshell in today's New York Post. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.